We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Rob. Let's see if uh, if I'm if I can go uh, one for two at least tonight. That's the goal. Technologically illiterate is what they call you. Not good, man. You know, like I'm not good. You know, when you're old, this is what happens, Rob. You're old. I mean, you should know this. I shouldn't. Well, technically, if I'm old, I should know this. But I think I can figure out how to do this out. You probably could. You could figure it out better than me. But we'll put you onto it next time. Next time, we'll give you the controls. The technology side of things. Um, all right. So, listen, we got a lot going on the last couple of days. A lot. We'll, we'll get to Florida State in a bit. Um, I, I want to start with Coach K's comments uh, today in which he basically said, listen, maybe we need to reassess everything right now. And the timing wasn't great uh, because he did it right after they got shellacked uh, last night and, and kind of got run off the court again and – you know, everybody's looking at Duke and saying, all right, well, of course he's saying that now. He doesn't want to play. Listen, this is a guy, and I know this, through the ACC meetings, Rob, back months ago, who wanted to hold off and start the season uh, in January. So this wasn't completely new right now. This was his plan all along to try to get more information, to try to hopefully get vaccines. Um, you buy into it or no? Wait, wait, like, where, where do you stand with this thing right now? I, I think what he said is fine. We should always reassess the current situation. We didn't know anything about COVID-19 six months ago or eight months ago, whenever it started. So when he says we need to reassess, I think the NCAA should be reassessing daily. Like when new information comes out, you reassess. The issue with this is you get, you get drove by Michigan State, you get run off the floor by Illinois. Like you said, it just looks, and it, it might not be the case, but it looks like everybody's like, oh, he realized the team's not that good. Now, my back, my back, my back, right? So I get, I get that aspect of it, but I'm not against what he's saying. Like, he's not saying cancel the season. And, but then you also look at it, like, let's say that you do pause and let's say you, you're going to say, we're going to pause for the holidays. Those kids aren't staying on campus. They're not going to practice. They're going to leave. So when the kids leave, are they leaving to go to an environment that is worse than what you have currently? 
Like right now, if you're in a high major school, you're getting tested maybe every day, at least yeah. every couple of days. You're, you have a schedule. You have accountability. You have to go to practice. You're accountable to your coach. You're accountable to your teammates. I don't really think – I get that the bubble is hard, and I get that you're asking them to do things that amateur athletes probably – that doesn't fit the job description – but I think that if you like take Georgie Bashanishvili's kind of post game comments from the yeah. game, dude, he, of, I mean, and of course you just beat Duke at Duke, like you're going to be hyped. Right. But man, th- these kids want to play. Like these dudes, they're in school to get an education, but to hoop. So at the end of the day, I think they're probably safest. And Mike DeCourcy wrote a really good article today for the Sporting News about this about how probably the best-case scenario for the majority of these kids is to keep doing what we're doing. And if there's a COVID shutdown, so be it. It's going to be weird. We're going to have, you know, cancellations and postponements. But that's just what this is. And honestly, to to finish this thought, Jeff, we don't know that this vaccine is going to change anything in two months. Like, we might not be – there might be supply chain issues. There could be efficacy issues. Like, again – We've never done it. So who knows what that's going to look yeah. like? And and DeCourcy said this in his article. Like, the sport, for one, March Madness, the NCAA tournament, it's needed from a financial standpoint sure. for the sport. Have to have it. And, like, is August Madness really that, like, appealing or whatever? Because that could be when this all gets finally sorted out. I, I Here's what I would have done. And I kind of said, I've said this for years. I I think basketball, why not make it a one semester sport anyway? Why, why compete with football? And why? It's just, this is how college basketball has been. It's two semester sport. It's a tradition. Well, there's nothing wrong with changing at at some point. And this would be the year. Your question was, why aren't we doing it? Right. Yeah, I, I just feel like this would have been the year to say, you know what, let's try it out anyway. This is the year to try it, make it a one-semester sport, push it back. You're not competing with football. Basketball. Instead. Not going home, coming back. and, and Right. Right. And, and, and to me, you know, the other part of this, I mean, look at it right now, and, and not every school's like this, but there's two schools in the MAC right now, Siena and Quinnipiac, that are on their second Probable 14-day pause. Quinnipiac went in on the 4th of, of November, came out on the 18th. They just went back in yesterday for 14 more days. These kids are stuck in their rooms, can't get out, you know, like nothing. I mean, nothing. They can't do anything. Same thing with Sienna. So it, it's it's not equitable. We knew that, right? But it's it's really not equitable. Um, with some of these kids and what they're going through. And can you blame a kid at Siena or Quinnipiac if, if today, Rob, they say, you know what? I, I can't do this again. I can't say I'm going home. I'm going home. And you know what? I get my year back anyway. I'm opting out. And, and I guess that's everybody's right. That's your right to do it. Um, I, I'm with you though. Listen, let's move forward. The good thing is you've go, you go from a lot of the schools having 14 day quarantines to now having, uh, seven or 10. So that's going to help matters a little bit going forward. That's not in every county. That's not every school, every state. But that's a good portion of them now that are going to go that route. So I think it's actually going to become, while the numbers will rise, certainly overall in our country and have risen and will continue to rise, 
I, I think at least that makes it a little bit easier for college basketball. The one thing I'm shocked that I haven't seen more of, Rob, is more games with two refs, more games with refs being canceled, you know, strapped. I'm shocked. Yeah, just because they're such a wild card in all of this. Like it's, it is surprising that they have not had more issues. And we talked to Teddy Valentine about potting them up. Yep. Case like these guys are, some of them are traveling almost like they would in a normal year. You know, it's maybe they're driving, but yes. yes. Speaking of Teddy V, uh, I'm in Charleston now. I should go try to track down the, the Teddy V estate. Like Teddy V, what, what do you think he lives in? Like this huge, like old mansion, the Taj Mahal. That's what yeah. I'm living in a Taj Mahal in Charleston. Do you think there are mirrors everywhere so he can look at himself all day? So he can practice how he's going. <laughs> to Love Teddy B. Love him. Absolutely love him. We got to have him on again. Um, all right. So uh, let me transition from Coach K and pose the question to you, Robbie Hummel. Who are you more worried about right now, Duke or Kentucky? I'm going to go Kentucky. And I, I'm going to say Kentucky because Duke's losses are to Illinois and Michigan State. Yeah. And Kentucky, you lose to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's yeah. lost to Mercer. My man, Greg Gary, 5-0, and yeah. Bears, killing it. And then, all, But also Georgia State. And actually, I don't know. How, what's Georgia State's record? I don't know, but Rob Lanier is their head coach, if okay. you're wondering. Right. They're okay. <laughs> So, They're okay. You know, you lose to the you lose to Georgia Tech. The Richmond loss is Richmond's good. Like that, that's not a super concern. Yep. Um, point guard play, like yep. Devin Askew, has not been good. And no, you think no. about kids that reclassify, like watching Christian Lantern tonight. He was lost. Kid, dude, yeah. you're seven years old. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, like think I think about myself. Like, I was. Physically not ready to play at the high major level when I was a freshman in college. Nonetheless, when I was a junior in high school, like you're going against 22 year old grown men. My freshman year, we get in severe foul trouble. I'm guarding DJ White. I weigh 195 pounds. He's throwing me around the lane at Assembly Hall like a rag doll, like literally crushing me. And we got, (laughs) so you know what I mean? Like I wasn't. Yeah. I don't know if I was ready for that my junior year. <laughs> still in the league. Like, he was a grown man. Yes, yes. I think when you see these kids reclassify, even if they're five-star kids, like unless they're just super, super talented, it's going to be hard. And it's been really hard for Devin Askew. Um, I think also Olivier Saar is a concern. And not so much because he's not a good player, but he's because solid. expectations were ridiculously high. Like, he transfers into Kentucky, and all of a sudden, people are like, SEC Player of the Year. Like, he's going to kill it. He's solid. But, like, he's had some serious issues in their first couple games. Um, there's a reason, Rob. There, there's a reason Olivier Saar was still in college as long as he was, putting up those numbers. Seven foot tall. There, there's a reason you're still there. Yeah. And then my last thing is just, and we talked about this in our last podcast, the ability of them to shoot the basketball. Like for Terrence Clark and, and Brandon Austin, and that, that lane's going to get shrunk. <laughs> there, every help side defender is going to be in, and they're just going to dare him to beat him. Please shoot the three. Please drive and kick. And until they can make shots like that, I, I, I worry about Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, listen, the one thing Duke has is 
and they've got a few veterans, right? You see it with Matthew Hurt. He's not good defensively, but but he can score. He can stretch the floor. He is a legitimate offensive option that you know you can go to right now. Jalen Johnson is a man, right? I mean, he's big, strong. Um, and I think you're right. Jeremy Roach, is he's not there. He's not even close to being there. But to me, watching him the first few games, as opposed to Devin Askew, there's a big difference. There's a big difference. Right now, Devin Askew kind of looks like a deer in headlights. And he doesn't have enough around him. At least Jeremy Roach has Matthew Hurt. He's got Goldwire, right? Goldwire's a veteran. He's not a great player, but he's a great backup who can help Jeremy Roach Through it too. get there. Yes. Understands what's going on. And he can guard. So at the very least, at the very least, Goldwire can teach Roach how to guard, how to be tough, all of those things, how to make reads. Um, you know, just the, 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 nobody, nobody can do that, Kentucky. I mean, this is a brand new team. Even Saar and Davion Mintz, the two veterans have never been in Lexington. Keon Brooks isn't even playing. He's going to help. Keon Brooks will help once he, he jumps in a lineup here in a couple weeks from the injury, but I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm far more worried about Kentucky and I'm plenty worried about Duke. That's the crazy part. I will say about Duke and they certainly have a coach who's won everything and been a part of college at, of the experience of Duke for 40 years, but I would like to see Duke run more stuff on offense. Just be like, get some structure to what you're doing just because you know, it's worked with Jason Tatum and Zion Williamson and RJ Barrett. Like, but you don't have those guys, you know? Like, I, I just think that some of their offense is spread you out four on one, five around nothing, and just drive the ball. And, like, when you play Michigan State or Illinois, like, that's going to be a problem because they're, they're going to guard the hell out of you. And it just seemed like with Illinois, too, for Duke, that's a bad matchup for Duke because they're going to try to punk you. They always have. Like, and this is when I played. This is when, you know, Mike. Yeah. Junior was there. This this is from forever. If they can punk you out, they absolutely will. They'll deny the passing lanes. They'll pressure the shit out of you. And if you don't have guards that can sack up, go get it for you, they are going to punk the shit out of you. But with Illinois, man, I would assume was licking his chest. Adam Miller is too, and Trent Frey. Those dudes are like, this is better than what we'd run on offense. Like, this is what we want. (laughs) Right, right. This stuff. This is this is their deal. So that that was a bad matchup for Duke, in my opinion. But I'm worried about, like you said, but Kentucky would would get my highest level of worry. You know, it's funny too. I, I wonder how much right now you look at it and you say neither one of those guys are getting uh, the top five players in the country the last couple of years for some reason or another. Right, a lot of these guys are going elsewhere. Um, Kate Cunningham going to play for his brother uh, at Oklahoma State. Evan Mobley going to play for his dad at USC. Um, you know, so many – Jalen Green obviously didn't play anywhere. But, like, um, I, I just think neither one of these guys uh, – you know, I don't think Cal is working quite as hard in the recruiting trail as he did, certainly when he got to Kentucky. Uh, and I think Kay has decided to make a concerted effort not to go as hard after these one-and-dones, after it didn't quite work out for him as well as he would have liked – uh, over the last, you know, few years, only winning one title and, you know, dealing with some of these guys. It's not what he wanted. It's, it's, it's what he felt he had to do. I think after Calipari was running the recruiting game, he was running the landscape and Kay finally said, you know what? I'm going to go toe to toe and he could with USA basketball. The other part is Kay doesn't have that advantage anymore with USA basketball. 
that he had. In terms of just being the, the national team coach and saying, I the access too. I mean, he, he had all of it. Right. Right. No, I, that's true. That's a good point. Think about this. Think about this for a minute. Dude. LeBron, Robbie, LeBron years ago helped Calipari when World Wide West was really close uh, with Rich Paul. That was when you remember LeBron in those days would help probably when you were playing or, or just recently um, uh, finish up at Purdue. That's when really LeBron was helping Cal. And then it switched when Kay started obviously coaching the Olympic team and, and was doing it for a little while. It, it flipped. Right. That's interesting. I think it's funny that you say that Coach K had to shift his philosophy because he only won one national title. <laughs> That's such an one idea. recent, one recent one, you uh, know. You know what you meant. I just think it's hilarious. Yeah. The coach would kill to win a national title. Well, fans were killing me the other night. I, I kind of took both sides of the spectrum after Kentucky lost. And I said, like, they got punked. They got absolutely punked. But then I came out with another tweet saying, hey, listen, they did get punked. But in all fairness, one, two, three. One was they haven't had, uh, you know, the, the summer which they need for a young team and, and a new team. Number two was they played all experienced teams. Richmond and Georgia Tech, very, very experienced teams. The worst uh, team they could go up against. I, I can't remember my third uh, point. But then somebody came back at me and they were like, well, Cal's only won one title in 10 years. And I put it up there. I'm like, yeah, but he's been to the second weekend, eight of 10 seasons. That's ridiculous. Because especially in a, in a one winner take all type, right, right, like even like Duke, you think about like VCU and you think about um, yep. Leon, like I mean they've lost a lot in the last fifteen yeah. years as much as they've won, and it's just that is incredible. But people take for granted he's raised the bar so high and he's got yep. the types of players he has that all of a sudden like getting to the second weekend it doesn't mean anything to those people. Can the Guinness Book of World Records give 2020 world's greatest delay of game? Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring even more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people, and they do it fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and they'll see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash good. This is their best offer anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash good. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. NFL football continues on this week, which has a few surprise teams at the top of the standings. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. College Hoops title odds, Gonzaga the favorite, plus 500. Baylor close behind at plus 800. 
Illinois now moving up, plus a thousand with Iowa. Uh, Iowa also plus a thousand with Luca Garza, their big win the other night. Villanova plus twelve hundred, Virginia plus fourteen hundred, uh, Kansas plus fourteen hundred, Michigan State plus eighteen hundred, Kentucky plus two thousand, and falling. No matter how schedules can change or players that play. Bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere else. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so uh, you had a you had a really good game, a, a last minute edition for you, where you had a, a, about twenty four hours of prep. For the, uh, the Creighton Kansas game. You did well. You did well. I'm proud of you. I appreciate that. Great <laughs> game. The thing that stunk was that we were in a studio instead of at Fog Allen. And I've been yeah. there once and it's, it's the best place I've ever been in college basketball. Yeah. It's so awesome. I would agree. Um, I was there for the Kansas Kansas State game a couple of years ago, like Dean Wade last year. It was a great game. I did a great yeah. game there. Um, but yeah, I, it was, it was funny how it worked out because, you know, I was supposed to do Miami Purdue and that was going to be a good game. It ended up being a good game, but then you get the call to do Kansas Creighton. It's like, all right, this is like the different real- level. All yeah, right. Little. You have two teams in the top 10. Kansas is, is tough, man. Cause Creighton's a really good team. And I think I was the most impressed with Jalen Wilson and I was impressed with them at the cross or the crossroads at the uh, champions classic. And I thought just again, having the mentality of taking the last shot, you know, like yep. being able to yep. step to the plate when this is your first year of actually getting to play um, at this level. He was terrific. Like he, he, he was fantastic. So he was good. Um, I didn't think that Creighton necessarily shot it well. Like Mitch Ballack wasn't great. He got some good looks. Zigarowski was not great in the first half. Got it going a little bit in the second, but, He's still coming off that meniscus, as you know, and it's going to take him some time, I think. Um, stinks. It would have been nice to have overtime. Like, selfishly, it was yeah, like, yeah. root for anybody, but you do root for good games. And, um, you know, I just I, – I think that this needs to be said, too. Like, Bill Self, when you watch Kansas play, they're not recruiting at the level that, like, a Kentucky or Duke or, like, some of those schools are. They get good players, but they're not getting guys like that. He's such an underrated coach to me. After timeouts, they get amazing looks. Yeah. Like he kills it out of timeouts. Sure and then defensively, they're they're pretty locked in on what they're doing all the time. So I I, I really thought that you know it was a, it was a good game. It was a great college basketball game for early in the year, especially considering the pandemic. Um, and if we got that game again in March in, in late March, I would not be surprised at all. So I know Marcus Zagorowski's uh, parents very, very well. And uh, and his mother, Mandy, watching her. I mean, yeah. it's like watching him. Like, like it's – she probably was the same way when he was like 10 years old. The same exact thing, doing this. Uh, and he makes it the first two. And that kid is mentally tough. If there's one thing – Because when you make the first one as a shooter, like, yeah. now you got the feel. Yeah. Pressure subsides. Once he made the first, I was like, he's making all three of these. Yep. There, it was pure. I was shocked he missed the third. Me too. And then when you make one and two, you're like, okay, he's got this. We're, we're going to overtime here. We wanted overtime. Um, 
I, I think it was a, a gritty win for Kansas. Like you said, and I've said it numerous times and gotten brushed back for it, this Kansas team is not nearly as talented as, as a lot, most all of Bill Self's former teams. They're, they're not. I mean, who's the – and last year's wasn't like super, super talented, but you had Doak who went in late in the first round. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I think Dotson might stick in the league. We'll see. But, you know, they had some good players. You know, this team will see what, what comes of it. Right. Dotson at the college level with his speed is a, right. is a game changer. Like, that, right. he might not stick in the NBA. He might. Like, who knows? But there's not many guys at the collegiate level that can keep up with him. So That's right. On at that at that position. All right. So so my big question for Kansas and my question to Bill Self all off season, every time I talked to him was, can Marcus Garrett play the point full time? Like, can he be a high level point guard that you can win six straight games with? You know what he's got to start doing if he wants to be that? And it was CJ Moore from the athletic that wrote a really good article on this. He's got to stop getting his shot blocked at the rim. This yeah, a lot. Going to the basket and drawing like four people and he's getting the ball sent to the stands. Or Instead start of kicking. Just kick it. Pass. Like, right. you got guys that can shoot. Christian Brown. But, but he doesn't have that feel, Rob. Rob, he's not a natural point guard. And how many guys at this stage of the game can all of a sudden flip the switch and play the point guard full time when they've never really had that, those instincts? I mean, as a pl- former player, I know that when I drove to the basket, if I was about to get my shit beat in the stands, I could pass the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying, but we're not asking him to like, you know, break down pick and roll like Chris Paul. Like, okay. Okay. Pass it out to the perimeter, right? He can make the basic play. I think he can make the simple play. Yeah. But, but, but even what you're saying, that is the simple play and he's not making it. I think what I'm saying is I guess he's making the simple play initiating offense. He can do that. Job when he's playing pick and roll and. Yeah. It, this situation comes about in college basketball games all the time where you roll the big to the rim and you raise a shooter behind. Like, it's literally all the teams run anymore. Like, it's every every possession. Every play. And Creighton ran it and Kansas ran it. I think Marcus Garrett has done a pretty good job so far of reading his man, reading the big, and reading the help defender. If, yep. if the help guy's not in, I'm throwing a lob. If the help guy's in, the three. He's, I think he's done a pretty good job at that so far. And that would be more – complicated to me than, hey, I've drawn four. Right, right, right. No, and, and you're right. I mean, getting up and down is usually the easier part uh, than, than than in the half court making that read. Um, yeah, no, Jalen Wilson's been there. I mean, he, honestly, nobody has been more surprising this season in college basketball to me than Jalen Wilson. This is a guy that I remember at the beginning of last year, they were really excited about coming in that they got him and thinking he might start at the four. And then I think he got hurt early. Hurt his ankle. They didn't really play him. Yeah, they didn't play him. They were like, I just remember, I think it was Norm Roberts telling me uh, at the Champions Classic, I asked him about him. I'm like, is he going to play? What, you know, he's like, oh, he's really skilled, but he's not that athletic. And uh, he's ankle. He's clearly better in that regard. Well, he's, he's deceptive athletically. Like to me, he's not a like blow by guy or a vertical guy, but he, he finds a way to kind of get to his spots, whether it's using angles or getting guys off balance, whatever it is. And obviously he can, the, the best part of his game that I didn't know he had, like he gets on the glass, man. He gets on the glass. Yeah, he can, especially on the offensive end. 
he'll bully smaller players yeah. and he'll get to the offensive boards and yeah, he's been good. I, I'm interested to see on David McCormick, like why is he fading away on these jump hooks all the time? <laughs> you, were, you were so upset. You were so upset during the game. Watching even before the game, and he's had this tough start to the year. Like, yeah. and, and you've been on the hype train. Like, I have, I have. Up, and it's like you're watching him catch the ball at five feet, and he ends up at ten feet on the Big Twelve logo taking a jump hook. And then you wonder why you're missing all these things. Right. Like, right. think about Doak last year. He would catch the ball on the block, and he would roll your ass into the rim and just dunk he'd, it. He dunk or lay it in. And now right. he's bigger and he's more physical and. He's he's a pro. Like, there's a reason he was doing that stuff. But you could still take that and, like, take that mentality of I'm getting downhill when I'm spinning yeah. back to the basket. Like, David McCormick's totally falling away all the time. I, I would make the case that McCormick's more skilled offensively than Doak was, certainly at the same stage. And Just a physical. Made, right. I mean, Doak was a monster, and he got better. He needed to do. He, he was, yes. So uh, the ACC has fought back, probably. It, it was a, it was a, it was a route for your Big Ten early, six to one last night. I mean, think about this: Rutgers, Rutgers beat Syracuse. Now again, Syracuse was without you know Bayham's kid, without Buddy, uh, but Rutgers was without Geo Baker. You said that like the Lakers were without LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Buddy's pretty good. Yeah, he is a good player, but like. <laughs> Whatever. That's it was a wash. Yeah. I, I think with Rutgers, like the fact that they're doing this without Geo, without Geo Baker, they got some junkyard dogs though, man. Yes. Pike's a great coach. Love him. I do too. He's fun to talk to. He's old school. Yep. Yep. He may- He's like Payne. He's similar to Payne. He, he is very down to earth for being a college basketball yep. coach. Yep. But I think, though, man, Ron Harper Jr., for one, was outstanding. And then, like, Montez Mathis, Jacob Young, like, those dudes, man. They Jacob Young was great. They're making shots last night. Like, Rutgers is going to be – and Caleb McConnell is going to be interesting. He he get hurt. He could redshirt. But now with the free year, he could come back. Like, it's going to be interesting to see what they what they do with him. But you have Miles Johnson in the front court. You know, Amarui, the freshman, is going to be interesting to see how he kind of comes along. But man, Rutgers is good. They are good. They are good. They're they're they're. I mean, again, they're not like elite level, uh, but they're certainly a team that's going to be. Sorry, I'm 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 getting my charger here. Like, it just said that that. Talking, what's that? You're gonna say? Do you need me to go, Vin Scully, and just talk? No, I'm I'm good. I'm just I'm charging my my computer here. As it says, my battery's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm really good at this stuff, as you can tell. All right, I'm 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 coming back, Rob. Don't worry, I'm good. I'm out there. I think I'm good. Uh, there we go. There we go. I'm back. Look at that. <laughs> solving solving the world's problems. Um. Yeah, listen, Rutgers, a, a major surprise. I, I'm still not sure how body. Like everybody wants me to rank Ohio State. I'm not there yet. I'm just not there yet, believing in them. Yeah. I, they lost so much. Like, they have some experience. Yeah. They haven't played together a lot. Summer would have helped them, sure. Not there on them yet either. I still think offensively they've got some – they've had some issues offensively. The Everybody world. thought, like, 
Seth Towns was going to come in and, and be what he was at Harvard. And I kept telling people, like, he hasn't played in two years. Two years. Now it's two and a half. On top of that, too, I think your, your kind of study you did on the transfers, too. Like, yeah. when, that's, that's part of it as well. There's not many guys. The, now, the guard at Baylor is, is the outlier this year. He, no, you know who the outlier is? You know who the real outlier is? Carleek Jones at Louisville. Carly Jones is one, and the kid at Baylor is the second one. Yep. Flagler can shoot it, can he? He's good. I mean, they, listen, how he continues to, to do this, Scott Drew, right? Like he got the kid from Yale. Now, the kid Mason went off against him in the NCAA tournament, so he took Makai Mason uh, from Yale. But this one, Flagler from Presbyterian, like who thinks that a guy from Presbyterian is going to be able to go up two levels – and 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 be not just like adequate, but like a really good piece for them. I think it's the guy that's from the greatest basketball city in the country, Valparaiso, Indiana. You grew up there. Like you go. That high school, of course, he can locate this stuff. We're gonna have to get at some point here. We're gonna have to do a a Zoom. Uh, we'll we'll do a pod. Can we do it with? Both, do we do both through brothers or do we do Homer and both through? Like, it might be too much overload on the Drews. It could be overload, but I, I would love to talk to Homer or Bryce or Scott. They're all great. Who's the nicest? Who's the nicest of the three of them? They're all super nice. I know. That's why I ask. Um, I mean, I can't even rank them. I cried. Really? Homer Drew. I literally had tears in my eyes when I called him to tell him I wasn't coming to Valpo. Crushed. <laughs> Seriously, I was that upset. It was the hardest phone call I had to make. I grew up, I was a ball boy. Like, dude, I checked the RPI every after every game. I'd go on CBS Sportsline to tear up my parents' freaking dial-up internet. No one phone call, and I would literally get on the RPI, and Vapa would beat like UMKC and like Oral Roberts and and just a midcon brawl, and I'd be like, how did we go down? Like, why would we go – how could we go down after two wins? Terrible. I didn't get this. The schedule was, like, a part of it. So, but no, I was – The best a- part of this – hey, the best part of this is that now we're, we know you're old enough that you, you have the dial-up internet. Yeah, that's true. Did you have AOL? Uh, no, we had – what was it called? Like, Net Nitco? It's like a – yeah. You went for the knockoff. It's like the knockoff version. My dad had the off-brand internet, apparently. He's going to love that when he listens. <laughs> That's classic. I had, Listen, when I was in college, I had the, the dial-up AOL that was, like, really, really slow. Like, Instant Messenger was huge when I was, like, huge, huge. elementary school. You go, you get home from school and, like, get on IM and talk to the people you were just seeing. Yeah. But now what do you use, Rob? Now you just text people, I guess. But You're, you're not on Snapchat? No, no. You're too old for Snapchat. Way too old. Snapchat is stupid. I don't, I don't get it. Like I don't get it either. I don't get it either. I can't even do really Instagram well. Like, I, I try. I mean, I can do it. I just, like, you can only have so many social media things that you try to pay attention to. I don't mess their stuff. Are you a big Instagram guy? Um, Big enough? And I think, like, for some of the stuff that I do, like, it could be interesting for people. Like... If it's whether it's Purdue people or people from home or especially with the Olympic stuff, like 
Like I, I thought I did a pretty good job and I'm not great at social media by any means, but I did last November an Olympic promo thing for three days for NBC out in LA. And I thought I did a really good job of kind of like just documenting all the stuff I did from like my interview with Mike Tirico and or he sat in on it and like we did this whole, we did basically, you filmed everything that they would use for promotional stuff in Tokyo. So I thought I, I had like a handler who like just took pictures of me the whole time. It was sweet, actually. I felt like I was actually like a good player in an NBA media. You're important. You're important. But every, uh, every, but yeah, like I was good at documenting that, I thought. All right. Let's finish up here with Indiana. Um, you just watched him. I just watched him. Trace Jackson Davis was tremendous. I mean, he, he is, he plays hard. Um, like he he's just the one guy you know what you're going to get if you're Archie Miller every single night out. He's really improved too. I think in terms of like being locked in and ready to play. Last year there was times where you could see like, well, he kind of got off the bus and he he might not be uh, totally here tonight. But he he looks hooked up. Like he's getting guys going in huddles. Like he's it's more than just his play and his play. Yeah. I, I think he's really bought into being one of the leaders of the team. How good is this Indiana team? I mean, this would have been a huge, huge win. That's got to be a tough one to swallow for them. Like, I thought I thought Al Durham was really, really tough tonight. I thought he made, he made the big three. Yep. He had a great driving kick for a three. He threw the lob to Trace Jackson Davis late in the game. Like, he was making some plays, and he wasn't scared. Like, that's the thing with Florida right. State length. Like, they're kind of like Duke in a sense. They're just going to punk you out. Um, now, they've got a lot more length at the rim. And they bring length from all positions, but I I think the Indiana, this Indiana team is like a little bit better than middle of the pack in the Big Ten. Like I, I do think that Trace Jackson Davis is a star in that league. The question for me, and it's been the question for everybody, is can they make a perimeter jump shot? I know, I know, Same. because Indiana, state where. They literally are everywhere. Now, they're not like Big Ten caliber players. Like, you can't just go get. But kind of like to your point about Kentucky, like last week, why don't they just go and get some dudes that can put it in the hoops? And Purdue's done. You know, Purdue had a Ryan Klein. Or Purdue's had Dakota Mathias. He had guys where it's like, man, they can really shoot the ball. And that's what they do. And now they've had other aspects, too. Like Ryan Klein could play pick and roll. Dakota was a really good passer. Um, it could play some pick and roll as well. I just, I, I think you have to question, can they make shots? Because teams, just like we talked about with Kentucky, man, they're, they're going to, Tracy Jackson Davis is going to get doubled every time. Like, Rob Finnessy's going to have to make shots. Armand Franklin's going to have to make shots. And not at like a 45% clip, like, just enough to respect them. Like, so that you're not, last year you didn't have to respect them at all. They're playing Joey Bronk at the five and Justin Smith at the three. Like, yeah, you can't do that. Right. Guys, that's like you, you put that lineup out there to guard the 96 Knicks. <laughs> it's Patrick Ewing and Charles Smith, like, and Anthony Mason. Like, that's, that's like, right. Right? Like, so I, I think that shot making is a concern, but I do think that they, they're tough this year. Like, they, they probably should have won that game, but it just, man, at the end of the day, those plays by Scotty Barnes were just, those are killers. Yeah, and if they had gotten that one, I mean, again, I think then you're you're. It's going to be interesting to see again how how the committee. We haven't talked about it enough. 
we will when we kind of get fully out of non-conference and you're able to evaluate the differences with some of these teams that, that have barely, you know, Florida State's barely played anybody in the non-conference. Um, and, and who knows where we go from here, how many more games some of these teams are going to get. So how are you going to be able to adequate, adequately uh, try to evaluate once we get to it beyond just kind of – because a lot of these teams haven't played anybody and, and not even their fault, Rob, because they've had games canceled left and right. And, um, you know, some teams haven't played a game yet. Haven't even played a game yet. Really? So, really one. No, there are teams that have not played a game yet. And then there's teams who have played like Xavier. Xavier's played seven games already. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, crazy, crazy. So, all right, well, listen – um, you saw my technology skills tonight. That was big. That was big for you. At least you got it eventually. Maybe, maybe I did. Look, we got it done. Account for next. We'll, we'll do it again. I don't know if people like this live thing, but um, it, it's certainly good to react to some of these games and uh, be able to do it. And uh, like I said, it was good hearing you on that that Kansas Creighton game. Hopefully, you can get some more big boy games instead of those. You know. Instead of the B League, instead of the B League Purdue Miami games, don't tell Painter I said that. I'm glad I wasn't on the Purdue Miami game. I, I might have like had a. You would have lost it. Watching that, that yeah, that, it was ugly. It was ugly. I just saw the score. I just saw the score. Keep. That's that's a tough loss to swallow. There, that's not good. All right. Well, listen. Uh, have a good one. We'll do another one uh, soon from Charleston. I got one more in me. I think from Charleston. On uh, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm going to have a tan. Next time you see me, I'm legitimately going to have a tan. It's it's going to be that nice out. 77 in Dallas today. Wow. The TCU Province game. It was 77 degrees down here. You should have got a few rays because you look pretty pale. I should have brought my golf clubs when I should have. <laughs> that too. That too. No doubt. No doubt. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Later.